Welcome to the Fearless Future Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine McCourt, Transformational Life and Business Coach. As you know, I love talking about transformation, business, and wellness. Today, I'm bringing a topic that I haven't discussed before, which is all about the legal side of business. So I'd like you to welcome my guest, Jeremy Stratton, who is the founder and chief executive officer at Business Legal Lifecycle. He is the author of the Amazon number one bestselling book of the same name, The Business Legal Lifecycle. Jeremy has appeared on various television shows, podcasts, and radio interviews. He also provides regular content for websites across Australia. The Business Legal Lifecycle is an innovative legal concept in the law tech space to help business owners understand complex legal matters in a simplified way, helping them plan better and mitigate risk along the way. In 2018, the Business Legal Lifecycle won the Queensland Law Society Innovation in Law Award for their product. It is also a beneficial tool for solicitors, accountants, and other advisors to be able to help business owners achieve their objectives overall. The Business Legal Lifecycle Worldwide aims to provide access to legal advice for all small to medium-sized businesses around the globe. Jeremy lives in Brisbane, Australia, a dad of two awesome kids, and loves to learn and help business owners achieve their goals. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Really excited to have you on today. As I said, this is a topic that I haven't brought to the platform, but certainly the legalities of business and learning about the legal side to mitigate risk and help business owners along the way, whether they're startup or whether they're seasoned, is a really, really beneficial thing to learn about. So welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Catherine. Looking forward to it. Yeah, really excited to, to be chatting with you today. I always love to start with people's journeys. So being an entrepreneur and a founder, most entrepreneurs solve problems, right? That's what an entrepreneur is. And so I'd love to know how it is that you came about to founding Business Legal Lifecycle, but also what was the root of that vision for you? Yeah, it's a great question, Catherine. So thank you for asking it. So I'm I'm a lawyer by training. I've been a lawyer for, oh gosh, it must be, yeah. At the time of recording, it was about nearly 20 years. And I started my own law firm about 11 years ago. And you know, we were acting for businesses and doing lots of work for businesses. And the life cycle really came out of a frustration that I had, Catherine, uh, around people, they, they could solve legal problems and save themselves a lot of money if they just solved the problem before the problem arose. There's so much of the law that, we can solve if we just take a proactive approach. And most people don't do that. And I had two matters where one almost lost $2 million of their own money because they didn't get legal advice. And and another one actually lost nearly $2 million of other people's money. And when I sat down and spoke to them and said, why did you let this happen? Like we could have easily solved this if we had just, you know, if we just uh, got legal advice previously. And it was the same old excuses people had that they don't like talking to lawyers. They, they charge by the minute, so they feel like they're <laughs> going to be ripped off. And, you know, they use big words and, you know, they, they lord it over and, and lawyers are unapproachable, essentially. And so I really want to change the way that that happens. I want to change that relationship between lawyers and clients. And the business legal life cycle is really the first part of doing that by empowering business owners to understand what they need to do, why they need to do it, and really build a great business so they don't have to go to lawyers when they've got problems. Yeah, love that. Okay, I was curious to know if you were a lawyer. I figured that you were. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and so you obviously know the real pains and the ins and outs of, you know, what these founders or CEOs or their entrepreneurs go through. So mm-hmm. in terms of this, what can you share are some of the biggest challenges that they face or what are some of the most common things that you see by the time they come to you? 
Yeah, I think that for me, it's around, uh, there's so much uncertainty in the world and, you know, we're, we're recording this in the middle of 2022 and obviously the last two years have been interesting to say the least. Uh, yeah. But I think there's, there's change and uncertainty in everything that we do. And if you're in business, then you've got to be a little bit crazy. <laughs> and so <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to embrace the, the, the challenges that inevitably happen. So you know, some of the biggest ones that I see people are really facing now is uncertainty about the future. I know this for yeah. myself, Catherine. It's like, you're, you're, I said I've been a lawyer for 20 years. If you told me 20 years ago that I would be doing this, I would, well, podcast didn't, uh, uh, <laughs> didn't exist 20 years ago, but <laughs> if you told me I'd be uh, like building a global business around helping businesses access law, I would have yes. uh, looked at you funny. And if you told me 10 years ago that I was doing this when I started my law firm. Uh, so I think the biggest challenge is that the people do change. And with technology and the adoption of all the stuff that goes on in the world, people change. And so the challenge is around embracing the fact that change will occur and mm-hmm. then addressing that in the way they go. And, and one of the, the beautiful things about the life cycle is that it allows people to make change, but to do so in a way that doesn't cause them other legal risks and empowers them to know what they need to do. So, you know, everything from dealing with COVID whilst mm-hmm. we're at the end of it right now, you know, in Australia where yeah. I am, you know, we're still dealing with that. Yeah, people still, if you test positive, you still have to, you know, quarantine at home for seven days. Uh, yeah. You know, and traveling, you can now travel abroad, which is awesome. There's still risks that come with that. So, uh, you know, th- that's still a risk. And I, But I think that, that the biggest risk and the biggest challenge is really just embracing that risk. If the last two years have taught us anything, it should be that change is inevitable and that we need yeah. to be able to embrace that change and move through it. Yes. And there are more and more people right now. I read an article the other day about the growth of micro businesses and people, you know, branching out on their own, or even if they stay in their job, they feel the uncertainty. So they start creating something like their side hustle or some other form of income that they want. So one of the things I know um, that I definitely played around with when I started this podcast, as well as for my coaching business, I do business coaching as well as transformational coaching. And I know a lot of people were like, oh, are you going to get incorporated? And I decided to do it really early on before I even fully launched this podcast. And the reason was some of the things that you had stated is, you know, it's always better to have some form of legal protection up front versus something bad happening. And then you're paying even more so to correct whatever it was that took place. So could you talk a little bit about that? Or is that even a service that you guys provide as I imagine you do is helping companies incorporate? Because I know most people don't do it because the expense, but you're saying the business legal life cycle is a place where people can go and get more accessible advice or services, correct? That, well, that's right. It, it's more about the knowledge. We actually don't provide the services. Uh, and the okay. reason for that is that, that, that to be able to do that, uh, the way the law currently is, I'd have to be licensed in the US in, every, in, in all 50 states. I'd have to be licensed oh, okay, in right. six, six states in Australia. So what we're about is more around helping people to understand why they need to do that so they can then partner with their lawyer. And we have a, a referral service for lawyers and attorneys. If you don't have mm. one, we can uh, recommend one to you. So you can partner with them to go and do that. And it's really around understanding why incorporation is necessary. So having a corporate entity shields you from risk. So it stops, you know, yeah. if something goes wrong, if you get sued, and you'll say, so, you know, whether you're in Australia or the US, that happens way too often. <laughs> but, but you, you, yeah. you know, <laughs> You want to protect your personal assets. So, you know, if you've got a house and it's in your name and your business is in your name and you get sued, then your your house could be at risk. You could lose your house. 
Yeah. And that's so simply stopped by incorporating. It's, right. you know, like for, for, in Australia, it's a, it's about a thousand, fifteen hundred Australian dollars, which is, you know, not much in, in American dollars at the moment, but um, yeah. in, in, in the US, you know, it's, it's no more expensive. It's worth every penny to protect yourself from that occurring. And I think that, you know, people should be aware that by learning about what they need to do, and that's what we do is, is learning, they can then go with knowledge about what they need to do so they don't feel ripped off and they actually know why they need to do things and what the benefits of those are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. So you've spoken about buyers beware. So can you tell us a bit about this topic and what I'll say SMEs. So for those that don't know SME, it's small and medium enterprises, what they should start looking out for when you say buyers beware. Yeah. Uh, so buyers beware is really around, there's a Latin phrase called caveat emptor. Now I try not to use Latin phrases, but I think that sounds cool. So, and that means kind of beware. <laughs> and, and essentially Basically, what it means is that in most cases, if you're a business, so if you're an SME, a small to medium enterprise, and you're dealing with another business where you're entering into a contract or an agreement, really, it's up to you to figure out whether or not that's fair and legal. The law is not usually going to step in to protect you because you can find that out. You can educate yourself to discover what are the problems. You can get advice to find out what those problems are. And what the courts hate and what you know, the, the government hates is time being spent in court trying to resolve problems that should really be resolved at the commercial level beforehand. Yeah, um, just quickly, there's a, a case that's just recently been handed down in Australia. It's a defamation case where one of our state premiers was suing another federal politician and they would have spent at least $20,000 a day on their lawyers. And at the end of the day, the court awarded $20,000 for that defamation. And, okay. you know, and my point around saying that is that it's not commercial to pursue those things. So uh, and, and so, and it's not a good idea to spend money going after a bad debt or anything else like that. So what you need to do is get the advice upfront, mitigate that mm. risk before it arises so that you don't fall into that trap. And so that's why I say buyers beware, because really it's incumbent upon us as SME business owners to find out these things first and to educate ourselves so that we don't fall into those traps. Right. So how does your business and your service help? SMEs do this and avoid this? So it, it's around reducing your risk by empowering yourself with that knowledge. So you know, I talk about you know, knowledge being the key and understanding what are those legal risks. So we help empower business owners to get that knowledge. And we have that. We have lots of free resources on our website that give people the knowledge of what they do. I have books that I've written in Australia, the US and the UK with more to come once I can properly travel again. And we have an education course and we have a risk assessment tool that helps people to identify what their legal risks are. So it's really around that knowledge. I'm a big fan of education, Catherine. And so, uh, you know, it's a big thing for me. And I want to make sure that people get that knowledge so that they go into any of their relationships with an open mind. Okay, awesome. So who would you say is the ideal client for Business Legal Lifecycle? So like, do they have to already have an up and running business to come and look for advice or can they start sourcing some advice from you guys prior to actually entering into getting their business off the ground? Yeah, we have lots of resources in both fronts. So we have lots of resources about starting a business. The book, the book goes through and tells you exactly what you need to do and who you need to speak to start up a business. Uh, the education course is designed around that as well. The legal risk assessment, uh, whilst it does work for startup businesses, it's probably best for people who've been established for a couple of years in their business because it's about identifying what are your legal risks. 
And you know, at the beginning, your risks are everything. <laughs> so, <Yes>. so, so, <laughs> so empowering you with that knowledge to go off and do that lets you go and reduce your, your risks. And then after a couple of years, people take the test and then they find what they're missing. And so they can go and have a plan of attack with their lawyer about what they need to do. So it's really both. Uh, uh, but yeah, really for a startup business, I'm all about empowering them with the knowledge so they can set up properly and they don't make that mistake. They don't set up as a sole trader. They, they, they're set up with a, an LLC or a corporation or over here mm. for five companies. They're all the same thing. Um, they're just called different things. <laughs> so, right. Um, well, maybe you could talk a bit about that just quickly, if you don't mind, just to clarify, like I know in the US you're allowed LLCs. In Canada, we don't. It's strictly incorporation or sole proprietorship. So can you just maybe talk about the difference of an LLC and a incorporation or are they actually the same? They're, they're very similar. So, and the main difference is around the, the tax treatment for, for an LLC. Mm. Uh, and, and in Australia, we don't actually have a tax structure like an LLC. We have companies that uh, we set them up differently. But what I've found is that you know, in most Western countries that I've studied, the, the, the structures are very, very similar. And I think personally that a corporation is the best way to go uh, because mm. it does give you that full protection going forward. Right. And it, probably Australia is very similar to Canada, I would imagine. Yeah, Australia, Canada, very, very similar. Actually, the UK, where I went first because they're the basis for most of the laws around the world because they colonize so much of it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and, and they're actually probably, they have a concept called an LLP, which is very similar to an LLC. Oh. So, but, but the concepts are all very similar. It's just about you know, that knowledge, making sure that you set up correctly. Yeah. So speaking of markets, you're based in Australia, but you said that you've done a lot of traveling and research around other countries and figuring out, you know, what is similar where your services and your business can help provide services for companies and SMEs. So I also recently noticed that you guys have ventured into the U.S. market. What are the other markets that you guys would be available in if people were interested? So the focus is on the U.K., so the United Kingdom, London, England and Scotland and Wales the US and Australia, because I've written the books there. I do have plans on writing a Canadian and Indian version of it as well. Uh, I just, I like to meet the lawyers. So what I do to do that is I partner with a lawyer in the country and I get them to read my book and tell me how the law is different and then give me hey. all the resources. And, and then I go off and rewrite it. Then I give it back to them and say, did I get this right? <laughs> and, and make sure. But, but, it, but it's, it's, it's really remarkable, Catherine, that my original book, when I changed it to the UK law, was no more than 20% different to the Australian one. And when I went to the US, it was probably 25% different. Uh, and a lot of that was just changing. Like we use S's in a lot of words and they use Z's. So, um, okay, yeah. And a lot of that was, was those kind of changes, but the, the substance of the law was very similar. So it does work for companies in Canada as well. Uh, we just haven't written the book and published material around that too because the concepts are all very similar. If people are interested, you can you can go to our website. We have the three versions there, or if you're on Amazon, just make sure you get the right one. So if you're in Australia, great, get the Australian version. There's a US version and a UK version. I didn't right. change the name. I've just put the different versions on it. Okay, very cool, um, awesome. So I just want to switch gears a little bit here, and um, I always love to go back and hear about you know people's venture when they started this, how they got to where they are. So. Would you mind sharing maybe some of the big nugget challenges that you faced going from a lawyer and founding this software and services business? Yeah, uh, it's an interesting question. I, I think for me, it, it was around my identity 
and who I was was tied up with being a lawyer. Yeah. I've been a lawyer at that stage for 14 or 15 years. Um, you know, I had gone through university. I had, I tried other things when I was at university. I, I tried information technology, which is computer programming. I was terrible at that. Uh, I then did um, what we call an arts degree here, which is a general degree to try and figure out what I wanted to do. And I, and I loved law when I got into it. And from that moment, I was like, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to make, yeah, make my mark. And it was really around stepping back and stepping away from being a lawyer to be able to do this because you can't do what I do and be a lawyer full time. <laughs> you just, it just doesn't <laughs> right. work. Right. So, so, so I think with most things, the challenges that we have are up here in our head. I'm putting it in my head for because it's a podcast for so people. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I think most of our problems are in, in our mind. And uh, so what I did to overcome that, uh, I got a lot of help. I, I've had a, a business coach for the whole journey of my business or almost the whole journey of my business. I, right. I actually now work with him. I actually provide business coaching through his business and help him run some of his products. And so so that, that's been another evolution I've had. And I've gone through that process. So I've, he's helped me a lot. I had... Yeah, you know, I told myself the story, Catherine, that I wasn't a, a public speaker. People might not believe that now because you know, I never stopped. <laughs> You've done a lot. <laughs> and I was telling myself the story. And so uh, my speaking coach, and I still have it, still have her to help me. She helped change my mindset to show me that, yeah, I could sell from stage. Yes, I could. I could do that. You know, people did hear what I had to say. And so it was really around, you know, changing my mindset, but you can't do that on your own. Mm-hmm. You need help. And so I'm a big fan of, of getting the help, getting the the advice, uh, and that's really how I've moved into this. Am I am I perfect? Am I there all the way? No. <laughs> Have I still got a long way to go? Yes, and that's but that's part of life, and and that's where I come. Yeah, you know, what I said before around, yeah, you know, the biggest challenging is challenge that people face is change, and you know I, I go through that myself, and I'm sure you do too. Certainly. I mean, I think in life, we just all really need to be open to what you were pointing out earlier about change and being open to change, but also just recognizing that we're human, you know, we are meant to evolve and um, embrace it if it if it comes your way or if you start creating it, um, just embrace it all and try and get the right support to help you through it because nobody does it alone, right? No. No one doesn't does, matter how no smart you alone. are. Or no one does it well alone. <laughs> Right. Very true. Lots of people try to do it alone and that causes them all sorts of problems. Yes. Very true. Uh, So I imagine you lead a very busy life um, being the founder of a company, previously a lawyer and also having two children. So what are some of your self-care and well-being go-tos that keep you feeling balanced, energized or inspired? Yeah. uh, So one of the big things that I do is, is I really block my time. And I have very deliberate times when I'm going to do things so that I keep that balance. And it stops me from, from going off the rails. I, I still do do some lawyering, uh, but I've been very, very selective in the people that I work with. I have like a list of 11 people that I will actually do the work with. And that's just because I enjoy doing it and I, and I enjoy helping people. So they're the first two. The third thing that I love to do is I'm a lifelong learner, Catherine, and I love reading. And so I get up at, you know, at 4 a.m before my children wake up and I make sure that I read for at least an hour every morning. And, and that for me, I find that quite relaxing and quite therapeutic. And uh, it also helps me learn so that I'm, I'm constantly learning what's going on. So they're the, they're the main ones. And the other one, there's a fourth one. Uh, I would say the weekends, I don't do work unless I absolutely have to. And usually if I do that, it'd be very early in the morning because I get up at 4am, I'm not staying up late. <laughs> um, and so um, it, it's very much keeping my weekends 
to relax and to do things with my kids and make sure, and my wife and make sure that we're connecting and that we're spending time together. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a struggle, but it's something that I definitely enjoy doing. And I make sure that I do so that I spend time with them. Beautiful. And I imagine that's changed over time, right? From, you know, when you first start a business, there is a lot more that you're probably hands-on doing. Whereas once the business is established, obviously you have more room to start taking more time or realizing that you don't need to work this full seven days um, just to get the output that you need. Mm. And I think that comes down to, you know, in life, we go through different phases and different seasons of life. Mm, And and me, uh, you know, I'm in that season where my children are in seven and I want to spend time with them. And if that means that I miss out on something, well, so be it. Um, Yeah, I'd prefer to spend time with them now than not. Yes. So... What's the process for people to start working with you? You mentioned that you have your website and there's some free downloads and stuff, um, but what would be the process for someone to get involved with starting to use your resources and your software? Yeah. So, so the website is a, is a place to start. Uh, we've created a webpage called businesslegallifecycle.com slash fearless. On that, we've got access to a bunch of resources and throughout the website, you can see that. The assessment that I mentioned, if people want to have a look at what are the legal risks in their business. They can go to there and, and they'll see a, a promo code where they can actually get 50% off our, our assessment. So that uh, it's normally $97, it's, it's, so it's 4850 uh, So thank okay. you for having me on the show where people can really find out. It's about $1,000 worth of legal value. Like if you go to a lawyer and they ask all these questions and they write a report, it's going to take them three or four hours. So it's around identifying those risks for people now so that they can go and and do that work with their lawyers. So if people want to find out more, they can do that. There's some contact details on there as well. I'll be happy to have a chat to anyone who, who's listened to this podcast and, and has any questions. Thank you. And maybe just to clarify as well, like when you work with businesses, obviously that have been established, is there a threshold in terms of like the revenue amount? Because I know there's other types of associations and businesses that offer services for businesses, but they will only work with a certain threshold of revenue. So is that the case for you guys? Or is it pretty much if you're established, you can still use tools? If you're established, you can use our tools. Uh, But if you're not established, then as I said, there's lots of free resources on that website. Mm. Uh, There's even podcasts at the moment, but we have like over 200 episodes of the one that we did where we actually go and explain all this, all the minutiae of legal information that if people are interested in finding out more. So that's all accessible if people want that for free. Uh, and if they're a bit more established, yeah, there's no revenue threshold that it's useful for. Okay, awesome. Well, um, Jeremy, is there anything else that sort of top of mind or that you thought of when coming on this show that you wanted to leave the audience with or mention or share? Look, the, only, the only thing I would mention, Catherine, and thanks for the opportunity to be on as well, You're welcome. Is, is around uh, don't put your head in the sand. You know, if you've got legal risks, and we all do, if you if you Put your head in the sand and and you know just try to ignore them. They're going to come back and bite you, and they're going to you know they may not cost you a million dollars or two million dollars like those clients I mentioned earlier on, but it's going to cost you something. And investing now in uh, preventing those legal risks will save you so much more money in the future. And you may never see the actual dollars saved, but just trust me, as a lawyer of almost twenty years, I've seen the difference between the two, and it and it does cost you a lot. So whether you look at our resources or take our risk assessment, go and get some advice to make sure that you don't fall into those traps. 
Beautiful. Thank you so much, Jeremy. It's really been a pleasure to talk to you today. I encourage everyone to go and check out Business Legal Lifecycle to ensure that you guys are well-informed and have the resources that you need to run a smooth business. Well, thank you so much, Jeremy. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks so much for tuning in. New episodes drop each week, and I'd love your support on this mission to intrigue and help others bound fearlessly into their future. If you enjoy the show, please share a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. Fearless Future Podcast is made possible by platforms such as Buzzsprout and Riverside FM. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, Buzzsprout is a great place to start to host, promote, and begin tracking your podcast. They have a 360-degree service and a ton of videos to help you get set up choose the right equipment, and how to monetize your podcast. Their customer service is the quickest and most reliable to keep you growing and never stall your creative output. It's a super easy platform to use and connect your podcast to all major platforms for listeners to find you. So ready to launch your podcast? Go ahead and use the Buzzsprout link that I put in the show notes and receive a $20 Amazon gift card after your second paid invoice. Riverside FM is my studio platform that allows me to schedule and invite guests into a professional and interactive studio. You can have one or multiple guests, and it records separate tracks for ease in editing and creating clips. It's an intuitive platform that makes your videos look great and improves any sound quality, including sound effects. Follow the links in the show notes to review if these platforms can work for you. Want a secret for editing? Check out the Descript link that I put in the show notes. This is the easiest platform I've ever used to edit podcasts or any type of audio or video. So yes, you can upload video. You can get the transcript. And all you have to do is edit the transcript and you're done. Super easy. Check it out. All the best on your journey and have a fantastic week. Fearless Future Podcast is made possible by platforms such as Buzzsprout and Riverside FM. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, Buzzsprout is a great place to start to host, promote, and begin tracking your podcast. They have a 360-degree service and a ton of videos to help you get set up, choose the right equipment, and how to monetize your podcast. Their customer service is the quickest and most reliable to keep you growing and never stall your creative output. It's a super easy platform to use and connect your podcast to all major platforms for listeners to find you. So ready to launch your podcast? Go ahead and use the Buzzsprout link that I put in the show notes and receive a $20 Amazon gift card after your second paid invoice. Riverside FM is my studio platform that allows me to schedule and invite guests into a professional and interactive studio. You can have one or multiple guests and it records separate tracks for ease in editing and creating clips. It's an intuitive platform that makes your videos look great and improves any sound quality, including sound effects. Follow the links in the show notes to review if these platforms can work for you. Want a secret for editing? Check out the Descript link that I put in the show notes. This is the easiest platform I've ever used to edit podcasts or any type of audio or video. So yes, you can upload video. You can get the transcript. And all you have to do is edit the transcript and you're done. Super easy. Check it out. All the best on your journey and have a fantastic week.